Hi, this is Queen Gantis, host of Behind the Pen. You're listening to the audio podcast. Enjoy. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Pen. But it's a special one because we are doing NAPOD promo. It is that time of year when it's a national podcasting post month, which means I do one podcast every day. This is the second podcast, uh, which will be should come out and you should be watching it tomorrow, which will be the 2nd of November. This is my guest, uh, Maureen Pointer. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure. Um, now, I'm really excited because I have lots and lots of authors on the show. Being an author myself, everyone wants to come on and, and talk about the books. But I love it when I have someone else on because Behind the Pen is about a journey of an artist. It's about creatives, not just authors, but um, illustrators and uh, singers, songwriters, editors, um, musicians, and, and so forth. So Maureen, what do you use your pen for? Um, so I do, I do a lot of different things right now, especially being um, more of a freelancer. I do illustrations for album covers. I do logos. My main thing right now that I really want to get deeper into is children's books. I really love doing children's books, um, specifically bilingual children's books. Oh, how lovely. Um, and have you, have you, how long have you been, um, doing illustration for because you look quite young people can't I'm see very you young. now <laughs> you know they can only they can only hear us but trust me everyone who's listening she looks very young so how My old are you um i'm 22 so i'm a you recent are young. graduate oh, wow. yeah congratulations <laughs> oh thank you thank so you, you must have been very young when you got the bug and you've learned that you had the talent for illustration so when did you start drawing? When did you start your creative side? Well, when I was a little girl, I, um, I had a habit of um, drawing things with my eyes, even before I got into drawing, I think around the age of three or four. Um, I noticed that the way I, I saw the world was kind of in, um, in shapes and shadows. Um, and I really loved drawing people, really, really loved drawing people. I always really loved... Um, doing portraits because I, I felt like I could capture personalities through images um, and that I had a, a knack for that. I don't think I got serious into it until I was in high school, but I took a lot of um, art courses, a lot of illustration courses. And even now, I, I love collecting children's books. I think children's books are wonderful. I love the art that goes into it. I think it's a great way for artists to express themselves in a way that you aren't typically able to express yourself in other medias. Um, and I think there's just such a, a, um, a, a large amount of, of personality that illustrators put into children's books that they can do for other professors. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, the colors... Uh, the brightness of the books that they have to be bright because they need to be cheerful and attract the eye of the child the child might not be able to read so they're going to be reading the picture the picture's got to tell the story that mummy is telling them so yeah so much uh, information goes into uh, a children's illustration 
my daughter, she's um, 13 now. She did her first children's book when she was seven and her second wow. one when she was 10. She did her first one by hand. So all of the drawings were done by hand. And then the second one was digital. And the third one, I have no idea because she's so into animation at the moment. So I have no idea oh, what the yeah. third book is going to be like. It's like a transition, you know, you start off with your hand, then you go to digital and then you start, oh, I want to see these characters moving now. So let's go into animation. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, you, you were certainly young when you got the burger and you started drawing. When you say you started drawing people, how old were you then? Um, I, I was I was pretty, pretty young. Um, I always really liked the... Uh, characters I always had um more of a uh I, I don't know I just always I always liked people I remember I have a distinct memory of going to Michigan to visit my great-grandparents who I think were about 80 or 90 they were pretty yeah. pretty old um and I remember uh drawing them I have old drawings I did from the age of six where I drew their their faces um wow yeah, I, I did that a lot um, and definitely progressed in doing that in uh, in middle school after my anime obsession. But I feel like every middle schooler goes through, <laughs> at least, at least yeah. my generation, every middle yeah, schooler anime, goes through. Yeah, anime, yeah. <laughs> crazy style, crazy style. My daughter's sort of into that style still. She has her own unique style of drawing characters, but it is very anime looking to oh, me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, uh, I know. I know. She'd love to visit Japan one day. Um. So when you left school and you decided you wanted to continue with art, you said you took many different courses. Was this to for different styles of artists, uh, painting, um, portraits, uh, watercolor? I mean, were you doing all of that in your courses? Um, I wasn't doing digital art as much as I probably should have. Um, um, the only time I did digital art in uh, high school, because we had a very small art program. We did not have a very good art program. We had like two teachers and they did an amazing job, but they didn't, we didn't have access to drawing templates, um, which would have been very helpful. But um, I, I was a little late to the game on digital art. I did mostly, I would get these like giant illustration boards and I would fill them up with uh, ink drawings and colored pencil drawings. I think um, I didn't get into watercolor painting until college, early college, my freshman year of college when I got into watercolor painting. And I, I actually favored that, I think, over other medias. I was going to say, what, what sort of style do you really enjoy doing when it comes to art? It would be watercolors. Really, yeah, I, th I think it's definitely, definitely is, watercolors. For anyone who doesn't know, who's listening, watercolor, trying to do a painting in watercolor is so, so difficult because <laughs> you, you, you haven't got, it's difficult to do shading with watercolor because you can end up making a mess. Yeah, um, layer it. It, it. Exactly, you've got layer it. With oil painting, you just layer it. You actually just... Literally, literally just oh, put yeah. more on top to layer it um with pencil it again you can shade it so easily but with watercolor i think that must be one of the most difficult to handle 
to actually make it come out like a, a beautiful live painting or illustration. So uh, kudos to you because uh, yeah. that's the one you enjoy. That, in my opinion, is one of the most difficult. Um, what about, um, do you do still life and stuff like that as well? In, um, in my, well, in, in high school, my freshman year, they, they had us do a lot of um, still lives, which was really, really helpful. If anyone's listening who's like a beginner artist, the best thing you can do is um, draw from life. Drawing from pictures is great, but drawing from life is a good way of seeing it in a way that um, a camera can't pick up. It has a certain 3D element that you can't capture over camera. Um, so we, we started out with doing, uh, you know, like the whole like Apple sketches. <laughs> the flowers in the bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. None of them turn out great when you're a high schooler. They kind of look like... Uh, you know, they look really sketchy and kind of gross um, when you first start out. Uh, but it's all a way of getting used to the media, especially if you're trying out mediums that you aren't accustomed Different styles. To. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. There's so many, so many to choose from and so many that, that you can try to see if you, if you enjoy doing it and if you've got the talent for it. Um, I'm not an artist, but however, I do now and again get that sketchbook out, look at something oh, in yeah. front of me and, and just get a pencil and do it. And I'm impressed with what I have. It looks like what it's supposed to be. It will never get in an art gallery, but but I haven't got the love and passion for it like I do with my writing and my singing. When it comes to being creative, it's never just one thing. You know, you're, you're an artist, but there's something else that you've got a talent for. You're, you're a writer, but there's something else that you can do. So, I mean, other than drawing, painting, what, what's your other artistic talent? I, I, also, I also really, really enjoy, enjoy writing too. Writing is a really, really fun thing to do. There's your answer. You're, you're yeah. writing and you love children's book and you're an illustrator. There is your answer, Maureen. It's time for you to do your own children's book with your own oh, yes. illustrations and publish it yourself. Oh, I have one that's published right now. It's called um, uh, Mimi y Louise or Mimi and Louise. It's a bilingual and Spanish, uh, it's bilingual English and Spanish children's book. You wrote, you wrote that and illustrated yeah. it yourself. There you go. You, you should have started yeah. off with that. And I wouldn't have said, <laughs> like, like me thinking, oh, great, I'm going to make her into an author now. And she already yeah. is. That's amazing. Well done. Congratulations. How's the book oh, going? You. Are you able to get it out um, there to who needs it? I had it published through Barnes & Noble and I had it published through Amazon. The issue with Barnes & Noble and I'm going to go on a very tiny bit of a rant here. Go, 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 go. My, <laughs> they did my book very dirty. When they when they first um, set the book up, uh, I gave them the PDF. And I, I you know, I, I made, minored in graphic design, so I know how to set up PDFs for documents. So I went through it, and I, I assembled it the way that it was supposed to. I even had a friend who does that for a living look through my PDF. They printed it out wrong, in the wrong order, and they sent it to me. And I was like, oh, that's peculiar. So I, I fixed it up again. I found a way to kind of fix the pages by adding one page in the beginning and trying to make it all flow. Um, but they have no quality control through Barnes & Nobles. 
And if you're self-publishing, they kind of leave you to the wolves. That's at least what I've noticed. They are not great with self-publishers. For Amazon, you put a PDF out there and it's not like in the correct order or if there's something wrong with it, they won't even process it. They'll no, they'll like, tell you straight away. You'll get an email from straight away. We're not touching yes. your book, fix it or else, you know. I didn't know yes. Barnes and Nobles like that. See, I've got my stuff on Barnes and Noble, but it's being used as a bookshelf, not as publishing through them. With my paperbacks, I publish through Ingram Sparks. Really? And my ebooks are through um, myself. I do them, I sell them myself personally. And uh, they're also sold on um, Draft to Digital, which then goes yeah. to Apple, Barnes and Noble, Amazon all of them but uh ingram sparks is uh really good for um paperbacks and hardbacks i might consider that honestly because i need a i need a good option you know amazon yeah, especially great. if you're thinking about doing it again you know oh, yeah yeah that's that's wonderful why bilingual is it because you you have uh different um you're not just a uh, uh from america you have um, foreign blood in you. Oh, <laughs> that would be fun. Um, no, it's I'm I'm my family's pretty Irish. We're very Irish. Uh, ah. no, no Hispanic uh, or Spaniard blood in us. But um, growing up, my my aunt um, took about I think it's about twenty years of Spanish, and we grew up a lot around. Uh, she had. They work, they work on a farm, and all, a lot of their friends are um, Hispanic. And growing up, I wasn't really able to talk to them. And mm-hmm. um, especially at the restaurant jobs that I worked at, I noticed that there's a, a, a huge like language gap between me and some of the workers or the surfers who only spoke Spanish. And I, I felt this, this um, a little bit of, of guilt because it took six years of Spanish in high school. And I was like, I should be better at Spanish. Wow, so I you should be. Again. Yes, <laughs> I, I picked it up again. And I was Jeez. like, I'm going to. I, I just think that in America, um, I think children early on, whether they are, you know, regardless of what nationality they are, I think Spanish should be a serious second language for most Americans. Um, we have a large population of people who only speak Spanish and they are isolated from the rest of the country. And English is not an easy, especially when you are older, it's really difficult to pick up a language and be able to master it. So people who say, you know, they should just learn English. It's like a lot of these people are trying to learn English. Um, I just think that early on in early education. Children soak yeah. up knowledge. They soak up languages like sponge. Um, oh, yeah. I'm over in Greece. Both my kids are bilingual from Greek and English because of uh, their oh. father being Greek. Me being wow. English, they speak fluent in both. I still don't speak fluent in Greek myself, and I've been here so many years. So lecture, tap on the hand, bad girl. Um, oh. But um, I understand. I understand why. I mean, over in the Greek schools, say in English. You have in England schools, you have German or French. Over here, you have Spanish or German. And my daughter's doing German, but we've just come back from Barcelona for three days. Wow. We learnt a tiny, tiny little bit of 
lingo, lingo from there, like uh, Hola, Gracias, and the uh, Bonnesware, uh, Bon, how do you say good morning? Bon, uh, got it already. Buenos dias. Buenos dias, buenos dias, good morning, buenos dias. Um, so they appreciate it when you try, any, anywhere you go, if you try to do that language, they really appreciate it, even if you get it wrong, they do appreciate it. Um, I noticed that the taxi drivers that were picking up all the English tourists from the hotels and that didn't speak a word of English. Wow. And the communication we had in the taxi was terrible. Yeah. Because I'm trying to get something over to them and they don't understand and they're getting upset and they don't speak English. I don't speak Spanish and we just can't communicate. And that just seems oh, really yeah. strange to, to, to work in a, uh, an area like that where you really need to, to be able to speak uh, English, but it is also up to the tourists to learn a yeah. bit of the lingo before they go over. At least, you yeah. know, where am I? How much is this? Uh, hello, good evening. Just for the politeness, if that. Just, uh, But I think it's uh, important that they do. But like you said, children soak up languages. So you do in that bilingual book, if you did another one, yeah. something similar um, and with a different language, and you could then start up a little series mm -hmm. of, you know, German, Spanish, French, uh, like that. and. Um, I think the more books you have in something like that, the more people are going to, oh, well, we've got that one in Spanish. Let's get that one for my child mm -hmm. as well. The adults, the parents, they know that the children at that age need to learn the languages. If you're going to teach your child any time a different language, it's not at school. It's when yeah. they are young. Yeah. I heard from a friend that it's good to have one parent who mostly speaks one language and then have another parent who mostly speaks the other language. It's very important to kind of um, to do that because um, then the child doesn't mix, they, they associate like mom with uh, one language and then dad with English. And then there, there's, there's a little less confusion. Sometimes children, if they, uh, like my cousins, they grew up bilingual. Um, my younger cousins grew up uh, with Spanish and English and um, they would speak Spanglish at a very young age. Yes, yes. Greeklish, Greeklish yeah. over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you still called that. <laughs> it's uh, it was hard because uh, my child, even though she was learning from me and yeah, yeah, which is grandma and and uh, his mum and dad were speaking fluent Greek. Um, he would speak English and Greek. They seemed to get behind in school. They weren't up to the standard of the Greek children because of learning two languages. I mean, they sort of soon caught up, but there was that time where it was difficult for them. So, gotcha. Right. Let's. I want to talk more about your art. Um, mm -hmm. When you when you did your children's book, your bilingual one, um, mm -hmm. what was it? Painting, uh, digital art, hand drawings what did you use I really want to bring back handmade illustrations to children's books so I did it all through watercolor and um I just kind of slowly I did it it was uh initially my senior year project um oh, before wow. I graduated 
I, I had it halfway finished and then I finished it right after that. And I felt really encouraged to do it after I had a, a display or a gallery for my thesis and a, um, a little Hispanic girl that only spoke Spanish was reading through it and just go or not. I don't know how, how well she could have read through it. She was really little, but I was reading her some of the parts in Spanish and she was just going like, oh, like she was so happy. And I gave her one of those little stickers for it. And she put uh -huh. it on her chest and walked around with it. Uh -huh. That was really cute. That's what made me want to finish it. Exactly. Exactly. And that should be the incentive to do the next one. You know, I think that's wonderful. But you're also uh, freelancing so people can hire you if they need oh, yeah. uh, an artist for uh, their children's book. But it's not just children's book. I mean, you do, um, if someone gave you a picture of their father who passed away, would you be yeah. able to do a portrait of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do oil painting too. I, I'm trying to learn how to do realistic oil painting. I have one painting of um, Persephone that I did. Um, maybe I'll, maybe I could probably send that to you if you wanted to put that up um I try to do many different things I do I definitely specialize in people I really like people so I don't mind doing people but I can do all kinds of things I did a, a commission um last week of a uh um for a person whose uh, dog had passed away his mother commissioned a portrait of him and the dog done in like a manga style like a Japanese wow. anime manga style wow. so I, I had a lot of fun yeah because you know you didn't just do a and from the picture, a, a realistic photo, you actually had a style to to change it. Yeah. That must have been a lot of fun. I can imagine that. <laughs> yeah, that, was a, that was a lot of fun. Where can people get a hold of you in case they want to hire you? Well, actually, first of all, where is your portfolio so people can see your work? It's on a website. It's um, just my first and last name dot com. It's not, I, I have it through Squarespace. So it would just be MaureenPointer.com. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sure if they can see the title, they'd know how to spell it, hopefully. Um, oh, I'll put a link. I'll put a link under the podcast uh, description. But um, have you got your work on Instagram? I do, yeah. My, my username is <laughs> I made it when I was 16. Oh, go on and tell me, tell me. It was, uh, my friend came up with the name. Um, we had this, like, stupid joke where it was like mm, finger painting I finger paint on this account something really stupid so it's thinky paint man it's um <laughs> well that's it's unique Maureen that's unique yeah, it's no, no one's got anything <laughs> like that no 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 one's gonna forget that one I will uh, put that oh. on the, the description as well that's wonderful I'm looking forward to popping over there and seeing some more of your work the reason I contacted you was because I managed the children's illustration uh, group on Facebook and I saw your work and it really stood out to me so uh, that's why I wanted to get you on the show so people know about you people hear about you they know where to go and check your work they know that you're open to commission they know what you love doing um, I'm very excited for the future for you now that you've graduated I mean what are you doing right now for work Right now, I'm looking for a um, at least a part-time or maybe a full-time um, graphic design position just to kind of help a little bit with um, with the bills. But 
in the meantime, while I'm looking for work, I'm just doing commissions to kind of build up my portfolio, put some stuff on LinkedIn. Um, I was just, just about to, to say, LinkedIn. Yeah. Make sure you mention that you're looking for graphic design work on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. Because oh, I, yeah. I, well, as soon as I said VA, I've had like 10 every day this job vacancy this job vacancy and I'm took it off in the end because I can't do go to a certain place to work I'm I'm online and when they say um, yeah. where are you based you can't say online it doesn't give you that choice you know yeah. so, so that doesn't work for me because I'm, I'm a digital marketer so that doesn't work but uh, yeah definitely put that you're looking for digital um, design work um, on LinkedIn and then that you're available for work and also there's a badge a frame you can put on under your oh, picture that says profile. freelance yeah that's freelance so people know that you're available to and keep doing what you're doing putting your designs um giving them a, a website to contact you email to contact you let them know that you're available for commission all around facebook all around social media platforms uh, that is the best you can do and what i would do is get this out to the masses, see how many people will listen to the podcast and hopefully pop over and give you some traffic to your website. Or even even my book. If they got a little bonky, you know, a little baby or a little kid, you know, they can always, once I get it fixed um, through Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, I made it, I made it, um, I think $15 on Amazon. So I wanted it to be more affordable for people. Um, But it's, it's pages a, is it like um it's about 30 pages 20 pages oh that's that that is I that think. is a good price then yeah for a, yeah. a hard, hardback or paperback this one the the one that's on amazon is paperback so it's a little bit yeah, more no, that's the hardcover yeah. one is for Barnes and noble that's like the heavy duty like it could survive like you know flooding and damage yeah that's yeah yeah i know how I know from my daughter's book how, how hard back they really are. Um, well, oh, yeah. yeah, again, I will have the link for the book with the descriptions for those that uh, are interested in that. And I just wish you all the best with your new projects. Um, now that you've graduated, I wish you all the best with your job ending. And uh, I hope that you do think seriously about doing another book and maybe a different language. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. You're very welcome, darling.